You're listening to an Englishman in the Balkans. Welcome to an Englishman in the Balkans podcast with me, David Pecinovic Bailey. In this podcast, you'll get a unique look at life in Bosnia and Herzegovina through my eyes, the eyes of an immigrant. Each episode, I share my experiences living in this often misunderstood country and introduce you to some of the interesting people I've met along the way. From exploring the rich culture and history to discussing the challenges and joys of immigrating to a new country, this podcast offers a thoughtful and engaging look at life in the Western Balkans. This is the Balkan Adventures Podcast with David and Tamra. Everyday life and experiences in the Western Balkans. Hi, it's David and welcome to another Balkan Adventures podcast uh, from a snowy Bosnia and Herzegovina. Over the last week, uh, the snow, we had tons and tons of snow. Um, it's sort of like all thawed away. And as I record this, I'm looking out of the studio window and it's just, I don't know, blanketed again um, in rather wet snow at the moment. So I don't know if it's going to hang around or it's going to be here for a little bit and go. Nevertheless, um, this podcast is all about um, the Balkans and I try and catch up with people or ramble on and tell you things that I think that you might find interesting. And uh, this week, uh, I'm catching up with Mustafa Panietta. Mustafa uh, was born in Sarajevo, lives in Sarajevo, and is a tour guide. I caught up with him uh, recently and wanted to find out more about the life of a tour guide and what is so special in his view about his hometown Sarajevo. This is the Balkan Adventures podcast. You live in one of the most amazing cities in the world. There are cities that people talk about like Paris and London and New York, but Sarajevo is very unique in in so far as it's in a most beautiful country and it's had such a diverse history. How difficult has it been to sort of like explain that diversity of I don't know from before the Ottomans came here to the activities that led to the First World War and so on how do you prioritize what to tell people I mean probably it's uh, uh, it would be it would be tough to explain I mean everything can be explained but for us in a in in relates when, when it comes down to Sarajevo as city it is a capital city. It's a bigger city in Bosnia, but still, in comparison with the other European capitals, it's tiny. It's small. The only capital which is bigger, uh, which is smaller than us, from if we talk about these ex-Yugoslav republics, is uh, Slovenia, Ljubljana. But in a way, it's pretty small city. So when it comes down to that, uh, it's really easy explaining and actually connecting different periods of time history since everything can be uh, you know walk you can walk from everything is actually concentrated within three or four hundred meters there and you can feel it you can really sense what I, what I was talking about for example you have probably the cities let's say let's say Istanbul or something like that but that's a huge city and you it's probably harder uh, to get that feeling since it's a huge city 
it's not so visually uh, so easy to, to, you know, you can't cope with that so easily. So in Sarajevo, while I'm talking, while I'm explaining the history, uh, starting from medieval times, then uh, arrival of the Ottomans, then after that the Austro-Hungarians, then the socialist uh, Tito, then blah, 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 blah. Everything basically, while I'm talking that, we are walking and you can see that, which would be really, let's say, hard, if not impossible, to do in other cities. Why? Because you would need to go from point A to point B, really far distances to see different periods. Here, it's just, everything is here. For example, there's one street, and we are known because of that in Sarajevo, uh, which is dividing line. And I, every time on my tour, I, I emphasize that's the most important part of the tour, because that is the dividing line between the East and the West. And when, when I'm standing there with, with, with the guests on that line, that's a tiny street, and I point out uh, on the East direction, and when you're looking at, towards the East, you can actually see the cobble streets, the wooden shops, the mosque, the minaret, and you have the feeling that you're in Istanbul. Then when you face yourself on the same spot, when you face yourself towards the west, you see the Austro-Hungarian architecture, just like being somewhere in Vienna. So that's what I'm saying, you know, it's really, it's just like sudden uh, difference. And not only that, but I always, you know, explain that we are... I believe the only city in the world where you, you can hear once a week at the same time call for pray from the mosque, bells from Catholic Church and bells from Orthodox Christian Church. Yeah, I was in Sarajevo back in November of last year uh, and it was on a Sunday morning and uh, I was. I, I, they said, now you've got to go open the window and experience this. And it is, it's a very emotional experience, isn't it, to hear it all? Yeah, it is, it is. Uh, to me... Uh, since I was born and raised here, never lived anywhere outside of Sarajevo, it's nothing special. Why? Because I get used to that. But when I started traveling a little bit outside of Bosnia, seeing some other cities, uh, they're nice, they're beautiful, but let's say not so diverse like we are. And then I started respecting and, uh, the place I'm coming from. So it's easier now for me to see what, what do we have here. And it's not, for example... Uh, you know, now these days everyone talks about multicultural life, blah, blah, multicultural this, multicultural that, you know. Uh, that's okay. But you have more or less every city, over one million today, they're multicultural, there's no nation which is not present there. That's okay. But you would hardly see that these nationalities, these religions, civilizations are there for ages. What I mean is that you won't see like you will see, you would see in Sarajevo really or, or to the Christian church from, I don't know, 1539. That from the same period you see the uh, Muslim mosque. Then you see the old Jewish synagogue. Then you see the Roman Catholic church. And that's all old. So it's not like uh, built today. So that's interesting from that perspective to see that actually civilizations were, you know, different civilizations were there from way, way back.
Adventures podcast. This mixture of, of let's call them civilizations or cultures, and, it, and it's right. You can you, you, wherever you turn, you'll see a minaret, and then you'll see the spire of a either an Orthodox or or, or a, uh, a Catholic church. But there's been a lot of influence and in food as well, and I've noticed that. And within Bosnia and Herzegovina, um, I also know that there is. Um, I, I, I don't know how to best describe it, but uh, people in the north say that the Banyuluka Chivap is best. People in Sarajevo say the Sarajevsky Chivap is best. There, there's so much passion about different regions and different cities um, that I, I, I'm just blown away with it. I've never seen people so proud of where they've come from. And in Sarajevo, that's even more so, isn't it? Uh, it is. It is. Uh, I don't know. To, since I'm... I'm I'm also a social, uh, sociologist, and I always like to be uh, objective. And so it's not, I don't like bragging or, you know, myself. But I, at the same time, to be honest, uh, I can only say that you can go from uh, visit the neighboring countries or any ex-Yugoslav Republic, and usually you'll see from, from Slovenia to Macedonia or anywhere, Serbia, you'll see, I don't know, signs like Bosnian this, Bosnian that, Bosnian chavapi, Bosnian pies, Bosnian commercials. Why is that so? Because it's, you know, it's it's definitely the best from Bosnia, you know. And we, okay, there, I'm just talking about the chavapi and pies. Why? Because that's authentic from here. We have also different other stuff, which is traditional, but obviously that's not our original since, uh, I don't know, maybe 30 percentage Maybe 40% came from Ottomans, that means Turkish food. Then the rest you have 
uh, from Hungarians, from Austro-Hungarian time, you know, and then some influence from the Slavic tribes. But I would say that what we are known for here are Chevapi and Pies. And to be honest, I'm not sure which one is a bigger taboo here. And I, when I say taboo, I mean like that's a must. When you come here, you know, that's, for example, there's a lot of Bosnians who are, who are living and working outside in some countries. And in the summertime, when they come back here to Bosnia to visit their families, first thing they're going to do, they'll go and have chavapi or pie, and then they'll visit their families. Because it'll be really embarrassing for them to, you know, to admit their family, oh, I just went straight back to you and I haven't tried chavapi or, you know, it'll be like, what happened, you know, are you going wrong way now, you know. So it's, that's, that's how big it is. And it's really, I don't know, to, to, to us... Uh, that's uh, that's that's what we eat actually, you know, like pies or chavaps. We were talking in the car, or rather, you were talking in the car when Bruce asked you about what sort of music um, you particularly liked, and you said, you know, what what you prefer is a, a diverse amount of of music. I was really buzzing in the back because I'm into world music, and you were playing a, a cool uh, world music CD. But when you go around Bosnia Herzegovina, and especially when you know when we even got off the bus today. The traditional music of, of, of this particular region, you have to agree, has got more Turkish influence to it than, than Northern Europe. Or would you disagree with that? Uh, not not the nor- Northern Europe. Uh, I, you know, I would, say, I would say definitely there is a Turkish influence. But at the same time, for example, you can feel, uh, you can feel the influence of the, of the Kletzmer, Kletzmer music, you know. So uh, that's kind of that mixture. Uh, I would say that... Definitely, it is more Eastern than the Western, you know. and uh, that if we talk about uh, proper traditional music, uh, that's I, I believe so definitely. Because I tell you, if you come to Sarajevo, you, you you will certainly not only get these um, these wonderful smells as you go past everywhere, and and I don't think Mustafa. I mean, he was really trying hard, but I tell you, I don't think anybody can tell you what a, what it's like to walk past somewhere that is cooking chivap or cooking pie the smells are just like magnetic you're just you're just dragged in and of course the sounds as well when when you're doing your tours with 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 um people that come to sarajevo what what impressions do they bring with them when they arrive so you know when you say what do you want to see what what how do they react well uh basically they're they're Okay, first first time when when first day when they arrive either in Sarajevo, Mostar, or, or elsewhere, they are shocked. They are really shocked, positively shocked, because uh, they didn't expect uh, to see that. What did they expect? Uh, they didn't expect anything, because uh, unfortunately, as a, as a country, Bosnia Herzegovina, we don't do much of the promotion for outside, so we don't have that like a destination for tourism. So people don't know when you say Bosnia. Most of the, actually most of the guests who come to to Bosnia, you know, they they their friends later on they admit that to me, you know, they, when they told their parents or friends whatever, they always get the question like why why are you going to Bosnia? Because you know, and to be honest, I understand them. I don't blame them because it is really why since why would you go to Bosnia since what's there to see? No one knows because there is no that image. There's. Maybe. So what you're saying is, it's a hidden gem, it's a hidden jewel. It is, it is definitely, it's still, I mean, it, tourism is getting bigger, definitely, but it's still not mass, you know, it's not mass tourism, it's not still, so it's, I would say definitely still undiscovered. 
definitely. Yeah. I, I believe it's still undiscovered, even though it's it's getting bigger every year. But uh, definitely, every every you know, at, at the end of their stay here, uh, they all I don't know. But I I was surprised. Okay, I like my country. I'm I'm you know, but I, I was surprised to hear that a lot of them, and I really mean a lot. Uh, they say at the end, and they are saying that uh, it's definitely been one of the top five destinations uh, they've been. And most of my guests, uh, when I see their passports, when they are showing their stamps, and more or less they went all around the world. And that really says something to me, you know. They said to me, really, they, it's it's been like definitely it's gonna be like one of the top five destinations they see in the, you know. And that's, I don't know. I believe that's a big thing to me.
plašili kavaz. Što pobježe paši na robinu. Što suzela dva tovara blaga. Što ukrade sahat iz njedara. Što odvede ata iz ahara. Što povede muju haznadara. the Balkan Adventures podcast. We're sat here, as, as I said earlier, on, on the Yahorina mountain, which is about four, 40 kilometers from... Less, uh, 25, 30 kilometers. Yeah, with an easy drive of, of, of the capital, Sarajevo. And you were also saying that, you know, I, I, I think the word cheap can be taken the wrong way in the English language sometimes, but there is world-class skiing facilities here at a third, if not more, of 
where people go skiing elsewhere in the world. Is that taking off now? Do people come here now for skiing or is that still, again, something that you need to work on to, to show people this hidden gem? I mean, 1984, there was the Olympics here, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, actually, uh, we had Winter Olympics in 1984 and the only people, are not the only, but I would say most of the people who remembers that is the one uh, who, who used to live with us in the same country which was called Yugoslavia. So that's the Serbs, that's the Croats, Slovenians. So most of the guests today we have uh, on these mountains around uh, around Sarajevo uh, is that are definitely them. And they are coming. So the Serbs coming from Serbia, Croats from Croatia, Slovenians who have excellent mountains for the skiing, they're also coming to Bosnia. Why? Because in comparison with their standard, it's 10 times cheaper to, to come here and to ski than to do it in their country. So the thing is, again, as I said, since we don't do any promotion, no one knows. No one knows that we have that. And I never ever met a guest, you know, coming from England or anywhere that they ever heard that we have some... I mean, like, I understand them. Probably someone did, but they don't expect that we have the mountains. They said, I didn't expect that, but I expect some planes or something like that. So they don't know that we have the mountains, you know. And basically, in relation with that, why would they think that there is a ski uh, resorts here? And for sure, I always emphasize that we would never have a Winter Olympic Games here if it's not excellent uh, mountains, if it's not great uh, resorts and, and, and terrains for, for, for doing that. And what's, what's excellent is that basically you have uh, Yahorina mountain, you have Bjelašnica mountain, uh, 25, 30 kilometers from Sarajevo center, which is like, what, 30 minutes from, you know, from Sarajevo. So that's how close it is. So that, that's, that's I, I believe, is one of the key benefits of, of, of this location. I was looking out of the room, the window of my room. We, we came in and just dropped off some, some equipment and I've got all my batteries charging at the moment. I was just blown away by the fact that there's so many young children in their nice coloured suits and their helmets going up this, this little slope. I mean, it, it, it's catering for everybody, for all ages, it seems. Definitely. Here, uh, I, I, okay, there are different mountains here. Uh, as already mentioned, there's Bielarsnitsa mountain, there's Yahorina. Right now we are on Yahorina, and Yahorina is perfect uh, mountain for the beginners, for the intermediate and the advanced skiers. While Bielarsnitsa is only for the advanced skiers. But this one, Yahorina, is, it has more than 20 kilometers of the skiing tracks. And it's excellent for the little kids, uh, even even the adults actually who never skied or snowboard, because it has excellent terrain for for the for the beginner level. Well, you've given up your time to talk to me. I'm I'm absolutely I'm blown away. I mean, I've been in the country for so many years. I've driven past and I've seen the signs to Yahorina, and to come here today, it's like, where I've, what have I been doing with my life for the last 12 years? Finally, um, as, as a tour guide, and going back to the original question about Sarajevo, what is your favourite thing, place or story that you like to, to give your, your guests? <sighs> it's, a, it's a tough question. Why? Because there is no... Uh, there is no one story, you know, this, this thing, what I'm doing, this uh, tour guiding, tour leading, whatever you can call it, 
it's a mixture of everything. It's uh, just finding the balance. Uh, for me, it's just finding the perfect balance. What should I give uh, to, to, to the people who came here to perfectly uh, explain uh, who are we actually? Because we are not so, you know, we are simple people, but at the same time complicated. Our humor is complicated, uh, the food and such, so on and so on. So I always tend to find a, a really perfect uh, mixture of that to, when, when, and when giving that to the guests. And I really enjoy that. That's my, that's what, that's what I, re I really like. When people ask me, ah, do you have any, you know, like funny anecdotes and stories? Of course, you know, I do have millions. Uh, it's hard to remember them all, of course, you know, I... For example, recent one which I had, uh, as already said, Sarajevo is quite small city. You know, even though it's capital, it's not big, it's not huge. So as such, it's uh, quite simple to navigate through, through Sarajevo. I never had anyone get lost. Uh, one situation, you know, after after one night spent in a city, I, next morning I asked one guest. You know, after spending the night in a pub, he went his way to hostel. I went my way. And in the morning I asked him, you know, oh, did you have problems uh, going back to the hostel, you know, was it easy? He said, yeah, yeah, well, actually it wasn't, uh, I was lost, you know, I'm like, hmm, really, you know, what do you mean lost? Because I never had anyone get lost. Yeah, yeah, I was lost, you know, I was looking uh, for, I don't know, half an hour, I was looking at the map, I couldn't find anything on the map. And at the end I realized it's a map of Budapest, you know. And I said, yeah, well, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. It's the same, you know. Budapest has the river. We have the river, you know. Like, it's the, it's the same thing, you know. <laughs> you could, but at the end, of course, he, he managed it to, 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 to get back, you know, to his hostel. So, Mustafa, thank you so much for, for being on this podcast. And, and if you're listening to this and you subscribe to the podcast, we'll be doing a lot more about Bosnia-Herzegovina. Um, in the show notes, I'm going to put Mustafa's name, his contact email, uh, and any other information he wants to, to give me. Check it out. Uh, if you want to come to Sarajevo, which I thoroughly recommend you do, and you're the sort of person that doesn't feel comfortable walking around on your own, there is a guy here that will make your life so happy and so interesting that you'll most probably be coming back and as he said this will become one of your top five places to visit so that's it share like and subscribe to the podcast i will catch you next week
find out more about us and where we live, why not check out our blog at anenglishmaninthebalkans.com. See you next time. So, that's it for this episode. Our podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. And if you like this podcast, then please do leave us a review or send us an email. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like to support us and the production of future episodes, then please consider maybe giving us a tip or becoming a member of our podcast family. The link to do that is in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks again for listening. We really do appreciate it. To find out more about us and where we live, why not check out our blog at anenglishmaninthebalkans.com.